Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. G'day. Welcome to Better Make It Quick. Uh, this is the um, midweek bite-sized, snack-sized Podcast on a toothpick served on a plate walking past you at a party. Uh, version of Better Than Yesterday. Better Than Yesterday is the bigger podcast. Comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's here to just make your day today better than yesterday. But on Wednesdays, Bree, one of our producers, uh, she goes back through the back catalogue and she finds an episode that really resonates with her. Pulls out a few chunks of it to give us a listen. And maybe that'll inspire you to go back and check it out. Splendor in the Grass, boy howdy. It's a great Australian festival. It's had to have a little break for a little while, but Splendor in the Grass is back. This weekend, thousands of Australians will be descending upon Byron Bay for the first time since 2019. And to celebrate, Jester Crew, the founder of the iconic Australian festival Splendor in the Grass, is actually on the show. Jess and I caught up right after the very last Splendor happened in 2019. She is a champion. She is a leader. She is a beacon in Australia's live music scene. She started out working in record stores. She's now CEO of the Secret Sounds Group, which are responsible for Falls Festival and also bringing huge, huge artists to tour Australia. So I asked Jess, what was the moment where she learned that she loves to see live music and that she wanted to see more of live music? I was very young. I was a bit naughty too when I was um, – I grew up in Annandale. I went to Fort Street and – So naughty. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and it was a – you know, it was an interesting school and I think um, in and amongst how I grew up, a lot of the people that mum – was French. She managed an Aboriginal rock band when I was young. And so music was always in our world. And, you know, we knew people who made music video clips and who produced films and stuff like that. So music was very much a part of it. And I remember I first went to an old venue in Surrey Hills called the Trade Union Club. And it was in 1986, so I was 16, and I made, I think I was younger than that, actually, I made mum 
take me to see Nico and died pretty. And so then I just started going to the trade union club and to venues either trying to wangle my way. Nico Velvet Underground? Yeah. Nico, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just sort of started seeing music when I was at school. I was, um, became, through going to shows, became mates with Ray from the Hard-Ons and he used to pick me up from school and we'd talk about music for hours after school and just kind of like started because it was almost like like it was a counterculture scene and I had my school life and then I had my music world. I just met more and more people. They were either in bands or they were working at venues or I worked at a record store. So you just kind of built your network. But I was definitely out there seeing music from a very young age. What was it about being in that club? There's loud, there's cigarette smoke. Hmm. Um, a great performance. I like, I definitely like the live side of music and I think it's interesting because there are paths you can take in the music industry you can go down you work for a label and you know it's a very different discipline to the live aspects so for me I haven't ever worked anywhere but booking booking bands agenting bands booking venues booking festivals it's all been very much about that live moment and being in a pub and it you know maybe maybe a sense of freedom in a space like that with people who are just you know pretty incredible really what what artists do but just feeling like you you know you're very present in that moment there having a really awesome time and it's a it's a performance that will has never happened before will never happen again with a group of people that will statistically never ever ever gather together again yeah in this space and this exists only in this one moment of time. It could be a shit gig. It could be a great gig. Yeah. But there it is. I'm just trying to think. Like, I, you know, I saw Nirvana four times. I remember that moment so clearly. I saw Prince, you know, like all of the kind of, you know, I saw the Stones play at the Enmore where they shut down, you know, King Street for that particular event to 2,000 people. Like those kind of things where you just feel so lucky that you have the option of being, you know, when you think about what's going on around the world and how most people, a lot of people live, they don't have those opportunities. Mm. It's a privilege. So how did she come to then book bands at the iconic Sydney venue, the Lansdowne? I had a bit of moxie, definitely, and um, I knew that I wanted to work in the music industry and I wanted to work for myself. I didn't quite know which, whether I wanted to work in management or quite what. So I went to TAFE and I did an associate diploma of accounting because I wanted to understand how numbers worked if I was going to run my own business at the same time as at Red Eye. And then um, I thought, oh, I think I should try and get some on-ground experience. So I went and um, called up. Rolling Stone and said, oh, do you need anyone to do your accounts or whatever? And they went, yeah, actually we do. Rolling Stone magazine yeah, yeah. in Australia, yeah. And uh, so I became their accounts chick when I was there and, you know, I met a lot of people, Viv, Todd Wagstaff, John O'Donnell, Toby Creswell, all these people that are, you know, 
still very active in my life. And, you know, at the same time I was seeing a lot of music and I had an opinion about what was going on and who was good and who people should see. And, you know, I was going out four or five nights a week to see live music at the same time being an accounts chick at Rolling Stone. And so I used to pour over drum media every week and uh, there was an ad that came up as a, a venue booker at the Lansdowne. And I, and I was like, and Phil Tripp used to run an employment agency for the music industry. And so I just kind of rang up and said, oh, can I come and talk to you about this? And so I had to convince him and then the Lansdowne that even though I worked in, as the accounts chick at Rolling Stone, that I kind of knew what was going on. And so they gave me a crack at being the venue booker there and, you know, I kind of finally felt like I would I was working in an area that I was 100% engaged in being able to kind of put... And, you know, it's a little bit brutal because working in a venue is really about selling beer for the venue. But for me, it was like, yeah, OK, you know, that's the end game. I know you want to shift beer units. It's a crude way of describing it, but I want people to come and get the biggest crowds to the shows that I can, and so I need to make sure I'm booking a venue in the right way. And it was, you know, such a seminal education. And it's uh, there's a lot to it because the apprenticeship model comes into this as well. And having I've played in bands for a long time up in Brisbane, and um, I've, we get if there's five bands on in the night, like the doors at eight. Mm. We go on at eight oh five. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do everything you can to get everyone you know yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. All right, and there's yeah. five of us. We might and you're fifty get, friends or twenty friends. Fuck, whatever. if we're lucky, yeah. get twenty. But you can only do that so many times. Yeah, so, yeah. But hopefully, you get your friends to stick around through the rest of the night, and you want to hang out. And then, at, from the band side of things, then you start meeting the other people as you go further up the bill. Yeah. And then the headliner goes That's on right. at eleven or midnight or whatever. Everyone's playing a forty-five minute set. You might share a drum kit, might share backline, but you know, there's that you're trying to build, 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 yeah. build through the nights. Put on the, you know, but you know, we our band we was weird funk metal thing. Um, you know, we would never get put on with a, you know, a folk band. So you've got to kind of, it's this kind of night, it's that kind of night. It, yeah. it, it takes you, you know, can't just have one band. You've got to book a bunch of bands together, yeah. right? Yeah, it's funny when you were just saying, you know, and you've got to get all your friends down. That's what I used to say when I was booking the lands down. Hey, so come and play, but bring every friend that you've got because it does get noticed and, you know, that is the passport as you build a crowd. And if you're good, it will happen organically, right? Like you'll have your friends that sort of start representing that then swap over into real fans of the band. Mm. You just need that grassroots support from your friends in the first place. Absolutely. Go out this weekend if you can. Try to catch a band near you, even if you don't know them. I can tell you from experience, it means the world when people come to see you play. And it serves the whole community when you support artists. It really does, especially artists who've had to spend the last few years doing no gigs for nobody. It's been really tough. We're back with just a crew in just a moment. We're going to play some ads. If you want an ad-free version of this show, you can find it at Patreon, patreon.com slash Osher. If you want to support the show that way, there's also full video episodes. Or you can just like, subscribe, rate, or just share the show, text it to someone, let somebody know about this show. I'm going to play some ads and then uh, we're back with Jess. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jester Crew has been a fixture of the Australian live music scene for over 25 years. She's founded several iconic Australian music festivals. So... As someone who's been to a lot of festivals, someone who's been to festivals when things are amazing, uh, I've also been at festivals when things have gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong and I've, when people have died, I asked Jess, what is her ideal festival-goer behaviour? They would, I think, uh, buy a ticket because they want to see a couple of their favourite bands. They would be going for the music, but when they got there, they got caught up at the forum because there was a cool conversation or they decided to, you know, craft or they got sucked into a part of the festival that they didn't come for but that just completely inspired and engaged them and they missed all of the bands they came to see. That's my idea, punter. Yeah. Because I kind of go, well, fuck, that's, you know, you were really excited. You bought a ticket to see the bands but you didn't actually see any of them because you were having such a cool time doing other things. Yeah. And that's what you went for. That's that's kind of like for me. I, I feel like I have ticked a box yeah. um, as a organizer if that's what happens with somebody. Yeah. And how do they interact with other people? That they are, they have a big smile on their face, and they're warm and generous and tolerant of other people. Which is the thing that, you know, I remember about early Livids festivals that I went yeah. to up in Brisbane. It was like, oh, wow. Oh, I'm here among all these. I yeah. thought I was the only one that had hair this long. Oh, no, you have it too. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. you're the person I saw at that show. Oh, you're the, here we are together. Oh, this is back. You don't really do yeah. this anymore. It was like, I just fell on the ground dancing to this band and you pulled me up. Thank yeah. you. And, and, and to that, I have to say, one thing I love about Splendour as our audience is that they generally, we have such a low level of aggression at the show. Everyone's very kind and respectable. They're excited about being in the space and for their experience and they're really generally great people. Like I feel very lucky that we have a really amazing audience. I'm just excited to use your super incredible composting toilets. They're like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're really it's amazing. Achievement. You, you went to a lot of effort to get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two and a half million dollars worth of toilets. Yeah, but yeah. they're incredible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we deal with all of most, I would say out of those, 100% of our waste is dealt with on the property. We're not shifting anything like it is the dream of sustainability and you know baby steps but now that we've got permanency lots lots to do amazing so you mentioned it before but i i am interested to what other people might be able to learn from how you do it okay 
to, to say that your day is just dealing with problems would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's particularly as you get in the day, and I have friends with the, that we know, and having been on site days before festivals, when mm. I, you know, coming to pick up a pass from Jade or whatever, because I'm so fucking privileged, I still get to have something with a laminate on it, even though I haven't worked in the music industry for a long time. <laughs> oh, not at all. The stress levels just increase and increase and increase and yeah. increase and increase and increase, and then show day, it's almost like this, this thing. It burns so hot, it's like this white heat of decision making yep. that has to happen. Every second of every day. Yeah. How do you manage that level of stress? I think that I internalise it a lot. I try and manage it myself. I think I, as much as I can, I make a conscious effort to smile and be cool so that my stress is not infecting everyone else around me. And so I focus quite a lot on managing that process sometimes <laughs> doesn't always work out like that and I'll blow my stack over something. But generally not. And I think that when you're working in a stressful environment and everyone's working long hours and they're tired, to be kind to the people that you're working with and to make sure that everyone is watching their P's and Q's and being tolerant of, you know, maybe someone not handling their stress so well is a really big part of our culture. It's kind of like let's just fucking have a good time it's hard work let's try and smile and have fun and be idiots through it and that's what we kind of do workplace culture is is so important because it is the it's the lubricant that helps a grinding gear when when things are hard when things aren't going your way that's what is so important and and, yeah, there's a lot of romance about what it might be to work at a festival, but the reality is it's you hard. might get three to four hours sleep for the 10, 12 days before the event. Yeah. And then, you know, you might stand at an after party next to someone that was on the main stage. Yeah. All right? But you yeah. won't ask them for a photo because that's unprofessional. Yeah. And you know what? Like, everyone's like, oh, your job must be so great. You get to meet all these rock stars. It's like, yeah, actually, you know, I could – I actually don't give a fuck for starters, but also – you know, you just don't because I'm probably out directing cars in the car park, making sure we don't have a traffic issue. You know, like it's extremely unglamorous. <laughs> <laughs> I have been stuck in one of those. It was uh, it was when it was right after Big Day Out went massive and then the old guard, Chuggy or somebody else, similar couple or someone decided to Alternative Nation, it was called. Oh, yeah, that was Frontier and Kinski yeah. and Chuck. They were like, we can do this too. And I remember just being remember stuck that. in a traffic jam in Brisbane for like, we were in traffic jam for three hours trying to get out of the car park. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a shitty day. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that's kind of, you know, for me, my KPIs at a show are that everyone gets in smoothly without having to wait too long. Everyone survives makes it through safely, and then everyone leaves without it being too much of a trauma. Like, that, that's kind of like success. That's what success looks like to me. So if you are going to Splendour in the Grass this weekend, remember what Jess said. But also have the best time ever. And if you're not heading to Splendour, that's okay. Go and check out a live band near you. It'll be awesome. The full episode is great to listen to. Uh, you can scroll through the podcast feed down at 292, and that's where she is. I'll be back here on Friday. Thanks to everyone who helped me make the show today. Bree Steele, who produced and wrote the show. Mike Mills, Toe Hider, who made all the music. Andy Marr, that cut the show together. And Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything. Thanks heaps. I'll talk to you on Friday. Until then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Have 
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.